I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number six, Love Lifted Me. Number six. Thank you. 
that song that we were just singing about there. That's that eternal love. That's that mighty love of God the Father and Jesus Christ. That's that love that we can all receive when we receive that new birth. That power of God to overcome all things. And he just remember, he says, All my heart to him I give, ever to him I cling. And that is within each and every one of us today. Have we totally surrendered to him and put our life into his hands and clinging to him and to his word each day. And then in that last part, he says, Souls in danger, look above. That's a very serious thing for us all there to be thinking about. Souls in danger, look above. In danger of what? In, in danger of eternal damnation is what he's talking about. He's, Jesus Christ, his love, will lift each and every one of us up. It is there, it is a free gift of eternal life that he says to give. But he also says that the wages of sin is eternal death. So let's remember these things and souls in danger today. Look above. Jesus completely saves. Not partially, but completely. Through him and him alone. Not your works, not my works, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. By having full faith and confidence in him and what he has done for others. How he has forgiven them and how he will forgive you, and how he has promised to send us that comforter, that new spirit, that new birth, and he will do the same to us. He's the master of the sea. He, your Savior, wants to be. He, your Savior, wants to be. It is God's will that all men be saved. But we are all in the flesh, Will we submit to God's will? And that's what he asked for, is for us to submit to his will and get our will and our way out of his, out of the way, out of our life, and to be reconciled then to whatever he sees fit to bring upon us and just use his power, use his knowledge and understanding to be able to overcome Satan. And he says, he that overcomes, I will give a new birth. He that overcomes, I will write, I will not write out or blot out his name out of the book of life. He that overcomes by using the power of God. So let's keep these things in mind this morning. And let's all be reconciled to his will. And let's all be ready to just whatever he asks, whatever he says for us to do to be ready to do his will. Because it will not be a hard job. It may look hard to us in the natural part. But if we will let his spirit direct us, it, is, it will always come through. We will always come through victorious. <clears throat> this morning... I'd like to read a little bit. I think we'll start a little bit first in John. I want to read a little bit here in the fifth chapter of John.
the first part of that was about Jesus going to the pool there and there was all manner of sick people there. Jesus was just beginning his ministry here and doing some miracles and different things and teaching his word here upon the earth. But he had gone there to the pool where there was many that was lying there and at a certain time throughout the year, the angels would come and the water would be stirred. And the first one that stepped in was made whole. Jesus Christ is there for each and every one of us today and is he stirring the things up in your mind today? And if he is, if we will just put it into his hands and step up to him, he can make us whole, spiritually whole. And what more could we ask for but to be made spiritually whole? But this man that was there, Jesus walked up to him and he said, Would thou be made whole? And he gave him an excuse of why he could not get into the water in time. And how about today, Jesus Christ asking that question to each and every one of us today, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Do we have an excuse to give him of why we can't just surrender to him, why we can't put it into his hands? But Jesus then, he looked upon the man and he saw that this man... Even though he made an excuse, he really wanted to be healed. He had a desire to be healed, but he had a reason there that he felt like that he could not be. But to show the power and the, of God to the people and in this man, Jesus looked upon him, and he just said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And I believe the man felt something strange taking place within him. He felt a power that he had never felt before. He felt the authority of what this man was telling him. And he was able to immediately stand up and to walk. We can go through and read those things. And he picked up his bed and he started walking. But then he went on a little bit further. And starting there in that 14th verse, he says, Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, the high priest, and some of them had questioned him, well, why are you breaking the law? Why are you carrying your bed? It's the Sabbath day. That's unlawful for you to do. And he says, the man that healed me, the man that made me where I can walk, told me to pick up my bed and walk, and that's what I have done. He says, I don't know who it is that told me, but he told me that. But now Jesus has seen him in the temple. And he says, Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Now I want us to listen carefully to what he says in this verse here because it makes a lot of difference in our lives. He says, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now this is where we all need to stop and we need to understand. When we have been cleansed, thou art made whole. This is what he told this man. You, your sins are taken away. You've been made whole from it. Now go and sin no more. And that's with each and every one of us. When we receive that new birth, when we receive the power of God, then, then 
we lay that aside and he is telling us, I'm giving to you this power. You have been made whole. The old spirit has gone out and the new spirit has come in. Now go and sin no more. And people will say, I'm in the flesh. That's impossible. Not with the power of God in that flesh. Do you think he's a weak God? Do you think that he, he, when he sent his son here upon the earth, filled with his spirit, he overcame Satan in every situation. He overcame the flesh. He overcame sin in every temptation that could be possibly brought upon you. And he overcame it. Now this man, this is Jesus Christ, and he's telling us, now go and sin no more. He says, lest a worse thing come upon you. He had been in a terrible shape for many, many years, maybe 30-some years. He had been made whole. And many of us have lived in sin for many years in our life, but we've been made whole. Now, let's follow through with the last part of what he says. Sin no more. Don't let sin be in your life. In anything that you see that Satan is deceiving you, trying to get you, or tempting you into something that you know that should not be right. Why do you want to continue? You want to flee from that. If you've had that new birth, that spirit within you, it will overcome it. It will be leading you away from those things so that you sin no more. Now, that does not mean when I said there a while ago that, yes, we're in the flesh, and some will say that that's impossible. If we truly let the Spirit of God direct us in every single thing we did, we could live that life that Jesus did. He told us. He says, now go and walk as Jesus did. But what happens? We're in the flesh, and we... we let Satan deceive us, but we have a God and we have an advocate, Jesus Christ our Lord, that we can go to to have those cleaned up. But that does not mean at all that we can just go out and sin and let grace abound, as Paul said. God forbid that we could think those things, but if we make a mistake, God is ready to forgive us for these things. But we should be doing just as he says, go and sin no more. That should be our life. That should be our mind. That we want to walk perfect with Him and have no sin in our life lest the worst thing come upon us. Now what would that worst thing be? He had the opportunity when He was there. He was in bad shape. Jesus Christ came and healed Him, made Him whole. Now he has made you and I whole if we have received that new birth, that new spirit. Now what would be worse than what we were before, he says? What would be worse is if we lost that, if we decided we did not want to live by Jesus Christ, and we went back into the house that we came out of, we turned him down, we went out then, and the blood of Jesus Christ there, we trampled it under our feet that we did not believe in him and went back to the house we came out of. He says there is, then we take on seven spirits more wicked than we were before. And that's what he's talking about here. He says if you go and you continue to live in sin after you have been made whole, then a worse thing will happen to you.
and we don't any of us, let's take heed to those things and pay close attention to what Satan is trying to do and put him aside, get him out of the way. He says, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And that's who will make us whole today, Jesus Christ, not your works, but the blood of Jesus Christ is what will make you whole. <clears throat> Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because they not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And he is equal with God. He is the son of God. He has the same spirit as, as God has. And he was there. And these people, if they, they saw this great and wonderful, marvelous miracle that was done, and they did not want to accept him for it, they wanted to find something wrong and to destroy Jesus Christ. Now, what have we come out for today? Are we wanting to hear his word and accept it as it is coming from him? Or are we trying to find something that is wrong with it so we can condemn it? And he says, but my father worketh hitherto and I work. And the Jews sought to kill him because of those things. Let's seek to adhere to Him. Let's seek to get closer and closer to Him and to believe in His Word and let His Word then direct us in everything that we do. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, and I want you to listen carefully. He says this, Verily, verily, get your attention, He says. I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And we have all seen, I know if you have had that new birth, you have seen greater works than some of the things, This the, just a natural miracle that Christ did here upon the earth by healing somebody. But if you have been able to witness and see somebody receiving that spirit and then letting that spirit be strong within them and live by it, then you have seen that that is a greater work than what the things here of him just healing this, this man that could not work. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so, must the, even so the Son of Man quickeneth whom he will. When he's talking about that, the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them. He's talking about the dead spiritually. And each and every one of us came here dead spiritually. We had lost that life, spiritual life, there in our, when Adam and Eve transgressed the law. But he says the Father will raise up the dead and quicken them, make them alive. And even so, the Son quickeneth whom he will. The Son and the Father are the same. All of those that go to the Father through the Son, truly desiring to have that Spirit, truly repenting, truly having faith in them, says the Father and the Son will quicken whom they will.
make them alive spiritually. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Now the Jews there in those days, they wanted to proclaim and tell all about how they were honoring the Father and honoring the law that he had given him. But they did not understand that Moses had written about this man, Jesus. And they had told, he had, they had prophesied that he would be coming. They did not want to hear it the way it was. He, and they said there, now all men should honor the Son. Now that's what Jesus was telling them. Even as they honor the Father, you tell you how you honor the Father and how you honor Moses and the law that God gave to him. You ought to also know and understand the Son and honor Him. He said, if you do not honor Him, you don't honor the Father also. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent Him. Now what are we going to do today? Are we going to honor His Word? Are we going to accept it? Or are we going to reject it? If we honor His Word today, we're honoring the Word of God. If we reject His Word, do not believe then we're rejecting the Word of God and rejecting Him. Not only just the Son, not only who is speaking and teaching it today. You're rejecting Him, you're rejecting the Son, and you're rejecting God if you reject His Word that we are reading here today. If you do not accept it and know that you have a Savior that you need, and that is Jesus Christ. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on Him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death and unto life. Now that should encourage us. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Now he was telling them what happens if you reject me. But then he just turns around and he says, Now listen carefully. I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, you hear the things that I have been talking and preaching and telling, and know that it is God that has sent me here because I can't do these miracles that I've done. I can't teach the things that I have been taught or teaching, the truths of God, except he has sent me. And he says, now if you believe on me, you hear my word, and you believe that God sent me here, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And I know, my friends, every one of us, it doesn't matter who you are here today, I'm sure we all want life. We don't want death. But we're every one of us going to, that natural death is going to come upon each and every one of us. It doesn't matter who we are. But that can be something that we just lay this body down we have life here upon the earth now if we've received that new spirit. That is life within you, spiritual life. And then when this body is over, this life is over for this body, then we just go right on into eternal life that he's talking about here. How wonderful that is for us. And it's a free gift from God the Father. It's not something that we've got to go out and work the rest of our life for? Yes, we will let that Spirit of the Holy Ghost work within you the rest of the life, but that is what will be doing the works for you. 
He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Isn't that wonderful to think about this morning? That all of us can have that eternal life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. And he's talking about that spiritual part again. They that are dead spiritually. He says, this is the time. He says, he, he, he went into the temple and he read the scriptures there talking about him coming. And he says, this is fulfilled today that the Messiah has come. That you can now believe on him. Repent of your sins and you can have that eternal life. And that's what he's saying. I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Hear those and have those, have those spiritual ears to be able to hear his word and to believe and then to live. Have that eternal life within you. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son to have life in Himself. Now the Father has that life. He's given it to His Son to have life in Himself and to be able to overcome. And hath given Him authority to execute judgment also because He is the Son of Man. He's given authority to execute judgment over sin. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. These are words of Jesus Christ. He's telling us how that we can Avoid that damnation. He's telling us how that we can have eternal life, but listen to that carefully again. That 29th verse. Well, let's just start at the 28th. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and they shall come forth, they that have done good, unto the resurrection of life. They that have done evil, unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Look, this is what the Son of God was saying. He said if he was just bearing witness of his own self, not the witness of his Father, not the witness of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that was in him, he said that would not be true. But he had that Spirit of Holy Ghost within him. He was bearing witness of what the Father was giving to him, and it was the truths. Everything there was the truths that he had said. You know, 
we're reading here some there in this, and I believe we'll turn over. To, let's read that something again here. I want to read those t- 28th and 29th again there and listen to this. And then I believe we're going to read a little in Revelations of talking about some of that. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good, and he's talking about letting that spirit do good within you, unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil, unto the resurrection of damnation. Now let's turn over to Revelations. Let's turn to the 19th chapter, I believe is where we'll start first there. In the 18th there, I believe he's talking about some of the things there that in the last days of how there will be false teachers. And we can see throughout the world today how that the word of God is being changed into a lie. And people believe in those things. And he says that God will send them strong delusions that they may believe a lie if that's what they want to hear. But the power of God is there also. And if we want to know the truth, he will show it to us. But there is so many that has been deceived. And he speaks of these things, the Antichrist and the false prophets and the beast and all those things and what takes place with them. And starting there at the first verse of the 19th chapter of Revelations. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hands. And I believe that he's talking about those that have proclaimed religion, those that had preached things but was not the truth taking the word of God and changed it into a lie. He hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. The ones in heaven, the saved ones. Now this is Christ had just come back here to the earth the way I look at this. And here was those that was in heaven now. There with Christ. And that Christ had just avenged and he was destroying that great whore here upon the earth. And what is a whore? One that is not true. One that is out here living in a way that goes against, it is an abomination to God. Goes against His Word. And again they said, Alleluia! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah, Worshiping God there. Not These people were now in a condition there of saved for eternal or eternity. They were beginning now that eternal life that we've been talking about. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all you His saints, 
And ye that fear Him, both small and great, doesn't matter who you are, where you are. He says, fear God and praise our God. And that's what we need to be doing today, giving Him all the praise and the honor and the glory for what He has done for us. There's nothing that you and I can do except accept Him. Have full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunder, and saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And I believe again that this is the righteous there. And he was hearing them giving praises and singing to God the Father and the Son, and just giving him praises. And he says, as a voice of a mighty thunderings, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now he is reigned. He reigns over the earth, but Satan is the prince of the earth. He has power to overcome man here, but Jesus Christ is there, and He can overcome whoever will accept Him. But here, these were the saved again, and He says, "And I heard as it were a voice of a great multitude." They're saved. And as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, it was something that you go by the river there when the river's running and you can hear it running, making a loud noise at sometimes when it is really full. And the thunders can get deafening almost because this is the great power of God. And that's what these people were doing and singing and saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, and He reigns over the righteous today, and He is there reigning over, and He will be there for us all. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife hath made herself ready. The marriage of the Lamb, all of the church, the church of Jesus Christ that He has made ready, he is the Lamb, and the marriage there is for us. And let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, to Jesus Christ, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. It's time now. This earth is finished. It's what He's talking about. It's time for the, all of the righteous to be married to the Lamb, Jesus Christ, to be with Him forever. But now they are beginning to start, as we'll read, they're beginning to start here a new phase of their life, a thousand years with Christ here upon the earth. I don't believe it'll be an earth like we see right now. I believe it'll be an earth like it was there at the Garden of Eden, a beautiful and a well-kept place that sin is not in any way, shape, or form. No sin. Just the wonderful works of God there. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Now listen. And to her, the bride, the church, was granted that she will be granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, the finest 
that can be put upon all of us. Pure white linen garment. No sin, nothing there to high or, or to make that garment unclean. Pure, white, and clean. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Now I want us to stop and think just a little bit. Does it say anything there about the evilness of saints? Does it say anything about those that have defiled that white garment that they received at that new birth and did not do anything about it? Not at all. They came there with their garments washed in the blood, washed white in the blood of Jesus Christ. And now they are granted that clean white linen that is going to be last them forever and ever. There with Jesus Christ. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, to me, These are the true sayings of God. The true sayings of God. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage of the Lamb. Who is called to the marriage? Sinners were called, but they had their garments made white. They had they had been made whole, as we read about the other man there. They had been made whole. They were righteous in the sight of God because they had accepted Jesus Christ and been forgiven for their sins. They were made whole. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And if these are the true sayings of God, I want to accept it. I want to hear it. I want to know it. I want to live it. And I want you to be able to know it and to live it. Because that's eternal life for you, friends. There is no other way but through Jesus Christ. There is no other way but to live in accordance with Him. Go and sin no more is what He has said. And that's what He's saying now. There is no unrighteous there. There will be many, many religious people in hell. But there will not be one single one righteous person in hell. The righteous will be with Jesus Christ, as he just said, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Blessed are they that are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is those that have kept that garment unspotted. If it got spotted, they had it cleaned through the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, I am there at the right hand of the Father as an advocate for you. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. I want you to believe that. I want you to know it in your heart. This is the true saying of God. It's not something that I'm just got up of myself. This is His Word. And I fell at His feet to worship Him, and He said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant. This was the angel there that was showing him and talking him to these things. I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. 
For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and, a great, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he that judge and make war. Who would that be sitting on that white horse? And he's called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he that judge and make war, war against Satan. I look upon that as that is Jesus Christ on that horse, and he is there, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his, and, the na- and his name is called the Word of God. And the Word of God became flesh and came and lived here upon the earth. And he proclaimed all these things to him, and now he to us and to others here. And he says, now I'm at the right hand of God the Father mediating for you. And remember what he saw now. These, and it, him is called true and faithful. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. In righteousness he judge. We will be judged by a righteous God. How will you stand before a righteous God today? If he, if he called for the work of his hand today in each one of us, would we be able to stand with confidence with him? Would we be able to stand there in righteousness? We can. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He said his blood and his name was a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The armies in heaven, the righteous, following this this being, Jesus Christ, again, the way I look at that, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, That was the people. They were following him. Not Satan, but they were following him. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. He was overseeing and the wrath of Almighty God would be rained out upon the wicked. Now remember, he's talking about here right after Christ has come, the time of man is no more. That's a serious thing to think about. And that could be right before us. And he was clothed now. Here was this this man on that white horse and the armies which were in heaven, the armies of the righteous, the way I look at that, and the angels, all the people there, they followed upon him in white ho- upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. They had overcome Satan while they were here. And now the wrath of God is going to be rained out upon the dead. Those, the evil, the unrighteous, the wrath of God be raining out upon them. 
And he, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And do we understand that today and know that he is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, God the Father with him. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God. The fowls flying in the midst of heaven. I don't believe that that's talking about evil beings there, because that was in heaven. They were flying there, and he says, Now come. Gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God. God has created something for them. And he says that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of the mighty men and the flesh of the horses and of them that sat on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth. And their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Now here, I believe at first, that 18th verse, I believe he's talking about there, the unrighteous. And now here he's saying, now I saw the beast, the beast, the spirit of Satan, and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat upon the horse and against his army. Now he's saying the kings of the earth. He says up here that he is kings of kings and lord of lords. But he says here he's talking about a different group. Those that look upon the things of the earth, that is what their desire is and what they have been looking after, what they were looking to gain more and more of instead of gaining that eternal life, the things of the earth and their armies, and they gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Who would be making war? The righteous certainly would not be making war with this man that is there saying that he is king of kings and lord of lords. That's not the righteous, so it's got to be the Satan and the beast and all of the evil things coming there thinking that we will destroy them just as they tried to destroy Christ when He was here upon the earth. But let's follow on through. And the beast was taken. And with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. It's the wrath of God now being rained out upon who? He says the beast was taken. The Satan, the spirit of Satan, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he had deceived and them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. Mark of the beast there, in my opinion, is nothing more but worshipping a false god. Here he's got the beast there, which is the false spirit and the false prophet. And they looked, they did miracles before him. All kind of things people can look around and see and be deceived by their works today which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. 
and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Again, friends, this is just the word of God here that he has had recorded for us to read. And these things will take place. But we can avoid it all. He has told us how that we can have that eternal life and avoid this raft of God being rained out upon us. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now again, this is right after Christ has come back. Satan now has got to be cast away. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now here, Satan and all of these false prophets, the beast and those that had been worshiping them, they've already been those that was worshiping him and proclaiming they were worshiping God as the way of worshiping Jesus is the way I look upon that. That's who he has already, they're cast into the lake of fire. And then he says he laid hold upon Satan, that old dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. But here, the righteous, the bride with the lamb, the bride with the bridegroom, the church, the true Christian church of Christ, those that have believed upon him, those that have accepted him, are with him for a thousand years now. The false prophet, the beast, all of those things, and Satan have been cast into hell. The righteous here with Christ upon the earth in a glorified state for a thousand years to be able to live and with him as he reigns with us. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. <clears throat> and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads for in their hand, or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They were not deceived by Satan. They were not deceived by the false prophet. They could see they were able to discern the truths of God because they had asked for that new birth. They had asked for that new spirit. And that spirit then was dwelling richly within them and they had not been deceived there. <clears throat> they had, they had, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, 
Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. That's the righteous. I want to be in that part. And I can. And I want you to be in that part. And you can. If we just submit to him. And go. As he told the woman, and we've talked about this so much, the woman that was brought to him in adultery, that they said, let's kill her. She's broke the law. And Jesus stooped down. And he wrote on the ground. And then he rose up and he told them, he says, ye that are without sin, go and cast the first stone at her. And he stooped down again. And all the people left and left her standing there in the midst. And he says, where are those thine accusers? He said, no man has accused me. And he said, neither do I condemn you. But he went on one more thing, just as we read a while ago, that he told the other man. He says, go and sin no more. And that has to be a part of our life. And you can say, I'm trying to be legalistic. You can say all kind of things. But folks, living in accordance with his word is what he spells out for us in his word. And you go on and read through in this, it even tells us that you will be, these people were judged by their works. It was their evil works that they were judged by. We can be judged by our righteous works that he is doing within us. It's not what you have done, but it'll be the righteous works that the Spirit of God does within you. That's how you can be judged. And you can see that eternal life. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now the rest of the dead. The righteous are alive. You know, I, I believe I mentioned in the early part of this service here that we can, this body will die, but that soul will just go right on into eternal life. It will never die. The righteous won't. But now here he's talking about some that are dead. He says, but the dead, the rest of the dead, live not again till the thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection, the rest of it. There was a first group of the dead that I feel like has already been cast into hell. Because they proclaimed to be living at, and following Jesus Christ, but were not. We're living in sin. False prophets. Living after Satan but proclaiming to be living after Christ. And that will not work. And I believe that that's what he, those he says has already been cast into hell. Now he says the rest of the dead, those that had maybe never heard about Christ, didn't know anything, didn't believe in him, didn't know anything about it, was not professing him. They did not live again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, the righteous is a part of that first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Tell us again. He says, now, you've been a part of that first resurrection. Now, let's strive to be a part of that first one. 
He says, then the second death will have no power. And he's going to tell us about that second death. That will have no power upon those at all. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. You know, we just read they locked him up for a thousand years. Sounds like a long time to us, but that will be a short time there with them compared to what eternity is. And now Satan is being loosed. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now here again, Satan's got access to all the dead that had never believed. And now he's going out and he says, We're going to go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to deceive them again. And what does he do? And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Terrible thing to think about. Satan brought them up there, telling them probably, okay, we're going to go get our reward now. Compassing that beautiful city, that new Jerusalem, where all the saints, where the streets are gold, and all the beauty in that city. The walls built out of the precious stones and gold and silver, the pearly gates, all of these kind of things there, Satan bringing them up. And instead of being rewarded, fire comes down from God out of heaven and destroys them, devours them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Sobering thought to think about. But Satan was loosed and now he's being cast right back in. With who? With those deceivers, with the false prophets, with the false teachers with the false believers. He's being cast right back in. And he'll be tormented then day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of, these, out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And remember he's saying here, I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God. And then the books opened. I believe he's talking about the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the book of life. The word of God is what he's talking about when opening those books. And he says, now they were judged according to their works, the dead. I believe he's talking about the unrighteous. Then the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake 
of fire. Terrible condition there when we think about it. And these are words that God gave to John there on the Isle of Patmos that he might then write them down, that we all might be able to hear the word and to believe in it. But we can all have that. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. All of this earth and all of that heaven that of where the righteous were at that time, all of those things are passed away. Now they've been a new earth and a new heaven, all of that, a place for the righteous now. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from the eye, their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now I believe that at this time now, Christ is laying down His reign and God the Father will reign and rule over all of us. Now we are all the same as Christ. We are brothers. We are now inheriting the, in our inheritance there, our inheritance there in God's kingdom. But now listen carefully to what He said there to me. This makes, it answers a question to me and for a lot of people that a lot of people have to ask. He says, I heard the voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now this is after that thousand years is over. And then he says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. People sometimes ask me, and they say, will we know each other? Will we know our friends, our wife, our children, whatever it is, in heaven? Listen carefully to what he says here, and I'll explain some of the things there. He says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. A new heaven, he says, and a new earth he has created. For the first heaven and the first earth are passed away, and there is no more sea. All of that is over and it's done. Now you think about this. If I was there with Christ, if I was there in heaven. And I knew that my children or my best friend or whoever it might be, someone that I knew well, was not there with me. That would bring great sorrow to me. And it would be sorrow forever. It would be something that it would be constantly on my mind. It's why and what should I have done and all these things there. But he says that I'm going to wipe away all tears. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, 
nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I believe that the former knowledge and thinking about all of that we have been here upon the earth will be taken away, and we will have no more remembrance of that. Because listen to what he says. All those things are taken away. There's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. It would bring great sorrow to us if we saw that some of our loved ones were not there and we could see that eternally. That's not what he's going to do for us. He says there is no more tears. There is no more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain for all the former things. And the former things are, are is this life shall be done away. They've passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Now he's made all things new. And all that is gone away. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. All things are new. The righteous with Him forever and ever. And we've got that opportunity each one of us have today. Don't let Satan scare you. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let Satan cast you down. But be strong. Be at one with Him. Use the Spirit and the power of God to overcome. And we can. And we will see victory. And He said unto me, It is done. Now, it is done. From Adam all the way to the end of time and then the end of the period there of living there with Jesus Christ. All of that now is done. That great judgment is done. I have made all things new. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the water, of the fountain of the water of life freely. And that's what he now he's telling us. He give us all of that. And all of these things are done and written so that we can see and know it and prepare for it. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He that overcometh. How can you overcome Satan? There is only one way. Repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ. He that overcometh shall inherit. We talk about inheriting things here upon the earth and we get really excited about inheriting something here. Somebody giving us something. And here God is saying that if you will let my son overcome sin in you, you can inherit all things. You can be an heir to the, to the throne of God. 
and he shall and I will be his God, and he shall be my son, a son of God. Think about that. That's who we can all be today is a son of God by just putting it into his hands. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. He keeps bringing those things and showing them to us. And I want us to have respect to those things. But friends, we can do better. We don't have to be a part of that at all. Let's don't live in that accordance. He tells us there, He that overcometh will be my son and will have an inheritance into my kingdom. But he says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, those that do not live in accordance with how He would have us live today, and murderers, whoremongers, and look around throughout the world, we see all these things, the abomination of God, God's Word being handled so recklessly with people. And how people take lives for nothing. They just kill people. Whoremongers, living in adultery and fornication and all this type of things, and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. And how part shall, he said, shall have part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit in a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was likened to stone most precious like a jasper stone and clear as crystal. All this beautiful new creation that God has got for the righteous now, that His bride, the bride of Jesus Christ, will be there with. Friends, let's be a part of it. Let's be a part of that so that we can all know Him. And in the end, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. Now this is words of Jesus. Ties right into the things that we've been talking about. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son.
believe on Him. And you can have eternal life. When you truly, fully believe upon Him, and when you've had that new birth, and then you let that Spirit direct you, and you don't live in sin any longer, but you live in righteousness and holiness, walking with Jesus Christ. Let's take, pay close attention to His Word. And let's let Him put these things in our mind and in our hearts that we're able to know Him and we're able then to go and to pull out of our treasure things new and old that we can have there to overcome Satan. He that overcometh shall have eternal life shall have an inheritance in God's kingdom. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 251, Take the Name of Jesus with You. Number 251.
Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. Is that a fact with each and every one of us today? If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. And the power of God is there for each and every one of us. I appreciate you all coming out today. I appreciate your attentiveness. And I just ask that each and every one of you take this message to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him give you the knowledge that you need, that I need, that we all need. And let's be praying one for the other that we're able to receive that knowledge and understanding of his work so that when we leave here, when he comes back, that we are not deceived, but we are there ready to enter into the kingdom with him and see victory. And I know that that's why Christ came here, and he's, I know that that opportunity is there for us. There is no reason for us to be lost if we want to be saved. We will have lunch today down in the educational building, and with all everybody, I hope everybody will stay and be a part of it. And not only lunch, it's fellowship one with the other. Fellowship together. To be at one with each other. First of all, at one with Jesus Christ. And in fellowship with His people here upon the earth. Know the bride. Be a part of that bride. Let us pray. To God the Father... We come to you today through Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for your wonderful words of life, your encouragement that has been given to us, that we might be able to understand and know what your work is here upon the earth and how you'd have for us to live our life. First of all, by just having full faith and trust in Jesus. And then believing and asking that our sins be removed, repent, and have faith, and be baptized for the repentance of our, for the taking away of our sins, to have them destroyed, and to be able to overcome Satan the rest of our life. And Lord, just show us what you'd have for us to do each and every day, and how we can encourage one another in your word, your work and to see victory. We ask you to be with us this day that your will be done in us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.